0: The voice of the Blue Bombers, one on one with Mike O'Shea. The Proline Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They are ready to be your number one canola seed. 204 780 6868 for your calls and texts. The Bombers, 4 and 2 now after the loss in Ottawa. An incredible week of CFL football. Uh, unfortunately, Uh, The Bombers getting caught up in it. He is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. He's here to answer your questions. Uh, But before we get to the game that was, head coach Mike O'Shea, do you have any update on Kenny Lawler?
1: I guess you won't take no for an answer.
0: This this time, no. Uh, Yeah, he's,
1: uh, everything's been um, sort
0: of resolved and he's playing this week. He he's play, you rarely ever say a guy's playing. He's playing this week on uh, Thursday. I guess I
1: he's gonna practice tomorrow <laughs> and I'm assuming that he'll look good and I'm assuming he'll play. So barring any unforeseen circumstance, he should be taking the field for us.
0: How big a deal is that in your mind? Well, you could easily argue that he's the
1: been the best receiver in the league, um, you know, for a few years now. So um yeah, that's would be a big deal for any team.
0: Very excited to when, uh, when that email came out and it was revealed to us that, Oh, Kenny will be back and he'll practice. And it said, he'll play on Thursday again, barring anything. Uh, I think bomber fans probably got pretty excited because we've been, we've been waiting. I don't want to say folks will say, well, you guys said it would be three to four weeks in the beginning. Uh, I just kind of felt like I have no idea how things work with the border and immigration and things like that. So whenever Kenny can play is when he'll play. What's been your approach to this Same. situation with Kenny?
1: Same. Yeah. Whenever I'm told he's available, then we'll start moving from there. But uh, yeah, like you, I know nothing of the process really.
0: No, I I know there are people who do, and I if yeah. I was in if I had an issue, I would go to them. But yeah, I they take the border very seriously. It should surprise as, absolutely as nobody. Yes, yeah. <laughs> CJ's on the text line says, uh, "How much more does it open the playbook having a weapon like Kenny Lawler back?"
1: Well, I mean, he's going to join a, a pretty good receiving core. I mean, Dalton Schoen was the best receiver in the league last year, um, and. He will be right up there again, right? Uh, Wally, Nick, Rashid Bailey, Juice, Agadosi, Nighthawks. You yeah. know, like there's a there's a good group right there. Um, uh, Wally, so,
0: who's second in the league in receiving touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, with four.
1: Yeah, Zach's finding him. It's uh, he's he's getting open, getting the right spots.
0: Yeah. So Kenny Lawler back at practice tomorrow. We'll have a chance to talk to him. Uh, All goes well. You'll hear it on the afternoon sports run. You'll hear it on the sports show with Christian. A very exciting time for Blue Bomber fans. Ottawa, Uh, a couple days after the game in Ottawa, the furious 16-point comeback with 2.38 to go. You guys led by 16 and ended up falling in overtime. 72 hours removed from it. How do you feel?
1: Well, we've, we've moved on to Edmonton, you know, I've, I've gone through the range of emotions, like I'm sure uh, range of emotions, like I'm sure everybody has on the team, right. From anger and disappointment moved on to, Hey, let's just, let's just move on here, you know? So um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, how disappointing it was, it's really one game and, you know, what you can take from it that what what's sort of highlighted from is is and it's stuff we've talked about before it's just a game inches you're we're a couple inches away from it being 40 points and 500 yards (laughs) you know so um we just got to find a way to get those inches
0: yeah just um, doug and i talked about it during the game and in the post game just think of the weird bounces in that game uh Scarver, Ottawa, number 81, drops uh, what would have been a 70-yard touchdown. Alden Darby can't get his hands on what would have been a pick six. Uh, The ball, uh, Zach Kalaros took blame for the pass to Drew Walatarski. Walatarski took blame for it as well. It ends up in a pick six and just the oblong football, and it just translates to everything else in football. There are so many. Dalton drops a touchdown that would have ended the game, what he would have run in for a touchdown and ended the game, and you go, man, this is. There's just so much going on yep. in this one. Yeah, there's everything. So, uh, any questions you might have, 204-780-6868. There are points we will uh, talk about. We'll talk about the week in the in the CFL and we'll talk about I mean, you guys this is my perception, and agree, disagree. You guys dominated that game for 57 minutes. Like I was just going through the numbers. Ottawa had minus 5 yards with 5:18 left in the second quarter. The defense was was dominant. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yep. And then, you know, so even, even the third quarter was, was a pretty good quarter. Um, now the fourth quarter, it kind of, or partway through the fourth, it just sort of, like you said, at the end, (laughs) you know, they just rolled up the points and, um, certainly not uh, the outcome we wanted, but really we, we need to put it in perspective and, and realize we've got an opponent coming in on, you know, in a couple of days here that is, uh, Gonna be very hungry, and they're gonna. They play a very physical brand of football, and we need to be prepared for that.
0: In that fourth quarter, there were plays as I and I haven't seen the whole game back yet, but there were plays where I went. That guy, that talking to bomber defensive players. That guy looks absolutely exhausted. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Crum's touchdown, that got within two. Willie twists over the top and comes right down Main Street. I'm thinking, well, Crumb's gonna die. Uh, he scrambles out, and Willie looks exhausted, and I thought. Yeah, they were on the field for a long time. So the defense was on the field for 26 plays in the fourth quarter. It was the most since uh, week two, 2019, when uh, uh, the Bombers D was on the field for 27 plays. 26 plays is a mind-bending number of plays to be on the field for that those guys could see. We're still going. Holy cow.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, I bet you if you ask them, they would say, that's fine. They, You know... <laughs> they got to be able to do it right so yeah um but they did uh, yeah unfortunately it looked like they'd ran out of steam a little bit still got to be able to muster that up
0: you know that a
1: stop on the final
0: drive yeah and they had ottawa was first in goal twice in that fourth quarter right yep. and the the defense sent them packing twice yeah and-
1: that's points off the board right like that's even the field goals that, that could make a difference right so I'm sure, you know, they're not taking field goals in those situations. They're down significantly and so they need to keep going for touchdowns. But to once again, when you when a team is playing three down football, so we've been in this situation before a number of times in the last bunch of years. When you have a decent lead and teams revert to three down football, go to three down football. It's very challenging for a defensive coordinator and for the for the players mm-hmm. to to stop them, right? You just, there's always another play coming and it's play calling changes for the offense. So it's a little tricky in that
0: regard. There's something in there about a three down revolution coming to the CFL where teams will go. F- I won't scream at my TV when a team punts on third and three, cause they'll be going for it. I'm waiting for those days, Mike. Uh, I'm praying for those days. No. I'm praying. No, at some point, We're, at some point, in the next 15 years, we'll get into the numbers. I'm behind not that.
1: advocating for adding a down. Never.
0: No, 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 just going for it on third down more often. Don is with us on the phone line. Uh, Don, thanks so much for your call. Uh, Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey, Mike. Uh,
2: We seem to forget, the fan base seems to forget, uh, a lot of these questions and concerns come up when you have a loss. But this too shall pass, boys. This too shall pass. Let's move on to Edmonton. But I do have a question, and it's been a longstanding one that I've asked year after year after year when I have been on with Knuckles, is are the quarterbacks allowed to audible?
1: Yes. Yes. We, we would have, we would have certain play calls that um, they can change and it's, but it's, it's not just on a whim. It's based on study and based on the, the game plan, but the entire offense would understand that there's a potential for a change uh, of certain plays. Yeah.
2: At the line of skirmish. Yep. Yep. That yep. one play, and I will refer back to this. Uh, I sound like a lawyer when I'm talking like this, but I'm not. Uh, back in the fourth quarter, we're with second and six. We're trying to extend the drive. We're trying to keep the ball. We're trying to—I know we're trying to eat the clock a little bit—but second and six, we're running up the gut when it really hasn't worked. I applaud uh, Buck Pierce. I think a lot of the things that he's done have been fantastic. That is one of the things I think I question the most is why are you going to something that really hasn't worked a lot and so critical in the game? Would well, you happen to agree?
1: No, I don't because it's, that's really, that's my philosophy. That's my call. <laughs> so Buck, a lot of times, uh, I, I don't interfere whatsoever. I don't, uh, I t- don't talk about play calling, whatever, when it gets down to a certain point and there's, um, a, a game management clocks area, we're on the same page absolutely on the same page because we've developed this uh, philosophy together over time. Um, But uh, yeah, I would, there's certain points where I'm going to say, I don't, I don't, if it's second and 10, it doesn't matter to me. We're running the ball in this situation in order for them to, to make the opposition burn a timeout uh, and, or allow us to run time before we punt. Um, so yeah, there are certain situations where we're going to, it may seem like we're banging our head against the wall. Um, but, uh, we're doing that on purpose.
0: Uh, Don, thanks so much for, Don, sorry. I gotta let you go. We we got to hit the commercial break, but, uh, I appreciate it. And I definitely want to dive into second and seven with a minute 28 remaining because it's a play a bunch of people have asked me about, and, uh, I dug up some numbers on, so we'll discuss it on the other side of the break with the head coach, Mike O'Shea. It's the coach's show on six eighty CJOB. The Pro Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. 204-780-6868. Your line, be it text, be it call, for the head coach Mike O'Shea. We were talking about second and seven late in the game, and this is a decision that at the moment, in the moment it happened, we went, oh, okay. This is going on. We talked about it in the post-game show. People have been texting me about it. Zach Schnitzer 48 uh, hit me up on Twitter about it at DT on OB. Second and seven, a minute 28 to go in the game. You just run the ball for three yards and we can, I can fill in with all the other details that go into it, but what's the benefit of running the ball there? Because before the break you said, uh, you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was, it was your decision to run the ball in that situation or your guidance to run the ball in that situation. Well, I, I, I,
1: I, just, I just, let me clarify. Like I said, Buck is, Buck and I are totally in tune. We're on the headsets talking about this stuff. I would rarely interject but I don't have to in these situations because he knows how we're going to close out a game. And that's by getting the clock going, making sure that we um, give the opposition the least amount of time possible to go down and score eight, eight points, which is what they have to do, right? Mm-hmm. Score six and then this convert. There's no time for the convert. Anyway. Um, yeah. We're just, we've done it so many times. It's just the, uh, the right thing to do. You know, you want to be able to uh, have that clock rolling on that special teams play or the next play, whatever that would be. Um, so you can run another full 20 seconds off with the play, 23, 24 with a punt, 26, 27, 28, whatever it's going to be.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, and, and give them a long field with less time.
0: Because as it turned out, you, you guys run the ball, uh, the clock keeps moving, the clock keeps moving on the punt, they get the ball with. 57 seconds. It says 57 seconds left on uh, on that play. So from 128 to 57, if he throws an incompletion, uh, the clock stops. It doesn't Mm -hmm. move. Is Zach going to throw an incompletion in that spot? Here's the factors we talked about. Zach's the quarterback. Zach's the best quarterback in the league uh, to me by far. Uh, He knows what to do in that situation. There's not zero chance of getting a a first down on the run play, but the uh, Brady was eight for 15 by that point. Mm -hmm. And so the running game, the running back run game was nine for 19 by that point. So it it felt like, okay, they're not really trying for a first down here. If you're trying for a first down to keep the ball and keep the clock going, you would do something in the pass game, knowing that Zach would know how to keep the clock running, not throw an interception in that spot and not do his damage, not to throw the ball for an incompletion in that spot. Yeah. It's
1: one of those game feel situations. I understand everything you've just said. I mean, we're, we've lived it.
0: Yeah. Um, What's the benefit of taking the 26 seconds off the clock in that situation, getting them down to 57 57 seconds.
1: Yeah. You've got a young quarterback who's got to operate at a very high level serving clock. All their players have to know to get out of bounds. Those types of things, right? Like they had one player tackle at the sideline and he got tackled inbounds, and they seemed to operate fairly quickly. They had another one that should have been ruled inbounds that was ruled out of bounds going towards the sideline, right? Um, our players know to keep them keep guys inbounds, and uh, you just let the clock keep going down. You know, yeah. They're left with nine seconds left. We would think we might get you know, X number of plays out of nine seconds down there, right? And they pulled it down, ran it, and scored, which is fine. But, you know... He Gets tackled shy, the game's over, obviously.
0: Well, in my call, I I was, I I missed, I sort of missed the fact that Big Hill was was there for the tackle because I'm like, he's scrambling and there is five. I had to look to my left to see the clock. There's five, four. You hear me counting down. Yep. Because if he goes down with zeros on the clock, the game's over. If he's down with one on the clock, he's quite fortunate. But I don't know if he knows that. I don't know if Dustin Crum knows that rule. Still
1: takes the official uh, moment of time to. Blow the play dead. Yeah. Right. Um, their and, wide
0: receivers are young.
1: Right. right? So, so add 20 seconds onto that. Add 26 seconds. Say they got 35 and they're down there. They got 35 seconds and they're down there. They can still get another first down. They can do a lot. Of, their playbook opens right up.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned knowing to get out of bounds. Scarver's in his first season. Mariner it, hasn't played a lot. He's in this, I believe, his second season in the CFL.
1: It's all stuff they practice. Every team practices it. The question is how many reps did. Did Crum get of that situation? Now he did. He, uh, he once was, again he operated very well. Yeah, he operated very well. But it, we're gonna we're gonna always try to limit. First of all, we're gonna try to end the game taking knees. <laughs> yeah, you know, with they have no timeouts <laughs> on the clock, we can burn a minute six.
0: Very high percentage winning knees. probability when you kneel down at the right. end. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's how we're gonna try to end games, and we've ended a lot of games like that. We've also ended games by not giving the op- the opponent enough time to really operate
0: and, and, and do well. And this and, one didn't work out. And I was going to say, because you chose that way, you believed with everything you'd seen in the first 59 minutes, it was probable enough that that was, that this was the best, this was the best way to approach it.
1: I would believe that in almost every instance. Okay. But it changes from game to game. I get it. I just, I have not been, Um, I, I'm not easily swayed from this that, the clock in the CFL, the one of the best things of the CFL is the game after three minutes. Yeah. So you, you have to be able to um, have a good understanding of the clock and and how that's going to work in that particular game in the flow of it with, in that scenario. Calgary came back with 42 seconds left to kick a field goal. Yep. Right. Against Sask. They drove down and got in field goal range right
0: yeah quarterback with more experience to your 42 seconds yeah, yeah
1: that's a long 42 seconds is a long time so it's 57 seconds i get it but
0: but a, a minute
1: 17 is an eternity
0: yeah again i leave here going home I gotta i'm gonna research the difference between 120 and, and 57 seconds uh just because i dug the numbers up uh second and seven All 12 previous times of season, you had thrown on second and seven. And in fact, the previous 36 times you had second and seven, you'd thrown the ball. The only one uh, of of last season was late in the game against uh, Ottawa when you were setting up for the the game-winning field goal. You ran the ball with Brady for one yard because we're moving the clock and we're getting the ball in a good spot. So it is overwhelmingly a passing down, but... Uh, that's a really good explanation of, of why you would want to run the ball in that situation. Uh, we've got Ron, John, Derek, and Colin. If you can hang with us through the break, uh, I will hit your calls up immediately once we return with the head coach, Mike O'Shea, 204-780-6868. Your calls and your texts as we continue. It's the Coaches Show on 680-CJOB. The Proline Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680-CJOB. Coach's show brought to you by DeKalb right now. Save up to $50 a bag on DeKalb canola seed terms and conditions apply. 204-780-6868. Uh, John, my apologies to you. I saw you were on there for for quite some time. Uh, disappointed I couldn't get to you, uh, but let's bang off some calls now. Derek is with us on the line. Derek, that is a fantastic name. Uh, your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Hey,
1: how's it going, guys?
0: Not bad, Derek.
3: Good, good. Um, just uh, just to follow up with Don quickly, uh, I happen to agree with him on that with the uh, that second and six. Second and three, maybe, yeah, but uh, it's almost like a confidence thing to me where it's... Uh, did you not feel confident with uh, the throwing game, whereas you went to the run game when it didn't work all game?
1: I feel confident in our defense and I feel confident in, in the management strategy of giving a a young quarterback less time. I mean, that's
3: yeah well, I I do agree with that running the clock that late but uh, I just when it doesn't work all that game that's a that was I guess that was my only thought on to my actual question with the o line um you got some guys that are uh, getting up in age and seem to be not as consistent as they were in uh 2021 2019 um mm-hmm. is there any thought of bringing in some young guys in there that uh and maybe help out with that
1: run game yeah we've got uh, we've got guys on our practice roster um, we've got seven we seven linemen we dress they're all they're all very good um, you know but the guys we have playing are, are the best players and I, I don't think it has anything to do with age I think the interesting thing you said was consistency I think uh, you know as a team right now we've we just had a couple games where we have been inconsistent uh, maybe yeah, not even a couple games, maybe the b c game we were we were inconsistent, and then maybe a couple halves like the first twenty minutes of calgary we were a little inconsistent in our play, and the last you know say the last quarter of the this Ottawa game we were not not as good as we have been in the first three quarters, which is to me that's inconsistent so um, not much nuts on the sidelines <laughs> well i mean you, you can you can see it happening and there's not. I don't know, there's much you can do about it. But you know, you, you you run a drive against Calgary that's a good football team, always well coached, and you go nine and a half minutes uh of a drive against that against that team. That's that's excellence, right? That is that is excellence right there. A picture of it. And you just want to keep duplicating that. Will it always look like that? No. But we can't have it look like it did, you know, in in those few halves quarters that it's not looked very good and that the fans realize that's not very pleasing to watch and none of the players are excited about it none of the coaches are excited about it either um and and that consistency will come um we we've been very consistent in years past and once again it i, I mean the evidence is there it's not it's it's not age based it's just
0: we got to get our mindset back Derek, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate to be with us on the Coaches Show. Line four is where we find Colin. Colin, thanks for waiting. Uh, your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Colin, you with us? Hello, Colin. All right, we'll go on to uh, Paul is with us on the line number five. Paul, thanks for waiting. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea.
4: I don't really have a question. More as an observation. Bring it on. I don't think uh, we're a bad team because we lost against Ottawa. Uh, I think that uh, they they had an outstanding offensive line that took out our running game, and, and we weren't able to react to that. So kudos to Ottawa for that. you got to give them credit for that. And secondly, um, we're playing against what I'm not sure how many quarterbacks they've had 33 or 34, uh, quarterbacks in Ottawa. Was it maybe 90? I don't know how you prepare for that. Uh, maybe that's my question. Uh, Mike, how do you prepare for unknown quarterbacks?
1: Yeah. You, you, you don't spend as much time looking at that particular individual. You just look at the systems they run. You think about how they're going to attack you, um, You know, obviously, one of his strengths that we saw the week before was, you know, his ability to run. Um, But I I don't know. I don't know that we ever spend – we spend more time, you know, trying to perfect our game than we do ever worrying about everybody else. I'm not saying we don't have game plans. We have tons of work put into game plans and film study and all that. But when it comes right down to it, when you step on the field – you've had all that practice time, you recognize formations, you understand how they're going to try to attack you. Uh, you see if in the first quarter, whether that's changed offensively, defensively, special teams wise, whether they're changed the way they're trying to attack us. Um, and then, you know, you're just, you're really worried about executing your own assignments rather than worrying about what they're trying to do.
4: Um, you know, I'm not all that taken by a running quarterback, I understand that uh, there are situations where there's nobody available to throw and your only option is to run. But uh, when I see a quarterback that's running and running and running and running and running, I see a quarterback that can't see his receivers down the field. And that doesn't give me a great deal of confidence in the long-term uh, ability for that that quarterback to develop into a,
0: a CFL quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I... We'll see. We'll see what he develops into. I know he beat us, so he, he dropped
0: it, some dimes in that game too. So near the
1: end, yeah. Yeah but a hundred yards rushing
0: not, from he got lucky. I mean he, he oh. poked the ball
4: out or not he, but the the ball was poked out from Oliveira. Oliveira did not fumble the ball. It was poked out. It was a really good defensive play. Let's call it what it is. Olivera did not fumble.
0: So they got they wow. got a big break. Paul, now we're now we're I mean, it, it's a it's a fumble, right? Oliveira's whole job is to hold on to that football. When guys rip at him and try to pull that ball out the other eight times he carried the ball that game too, though, right? I saw it in in three different
4: directions. That was a good defensive play. Oh, absolutely. I I'm I'm an fan. I'm still an Olivera fan. <clears throat> um he's He's the best in the league. Uh, a good defensive play is a good defensive play. Give it to the guy, the
0: guy who made it. Uh, yeah, anyway, Got to give uh, love to the Red Blacks. Thank you so much, Paul. Appreciate you being with us. we got a ton of folks waiting on the line, so I appreciate you joining us. Let's go back to line number one and welcome in Ron. Ron, thanks for waiting. Your question for the head coach, Mike O'Shea.
5: Yeah, uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the running game, which sounds like we've kind of talked maybe too much about already, but my question was that, that certainly has to be one of the least productive running games you've uh, presented to us in the last number of years. And it can only be one of three reasons. Either their defensive line and linebackers were so superior to what you're used to seeing, or your offensive line was really, uh, frankly, poor at that game, or they schemed in a way with a high, high priority on preventing the run. And I wonder, Coach, if you could tell us which of the three Resulted in
1: such low productivity. Well, you're missing one too. It's there's a execution factor, not just on the offensive line. It's could be a variety of things, right? It could be that before
5: okay, well, what was it?
1: Well, it's it's always all of them. Okay. It's never. It's, well, is
5: there a defensive uh, players that much superior to what we've seen on the other teams in the league over the last number of years?
1: No, I wouldn't say okay. that. But what I'd say is on certain plays. Uh, their their execution level might have been better than ours. On certain yeah. plays, um, you know, there's always uh, a chance that, you know, we don't move them as far as we'd like to move them, you know. Uh, on certain plays, maybe there's a, a receiver blocking issue. Or on certain plays, they send us uh, a blitz that changes, uh, right. you know, the yardage you're gonna get, <laughs> you know, on a certain play, right?
5: Yeah. So
1: it's I I know everybody wants to have one pinpoint pinpoint one answer. Um and I I just think it is never never is a long time. But in this case it's never that simple.
0: Let, let me just yeah. jump in with the Ron, there was a game uh what was it week six last year, the first game against Calgary. Brady <laughs> had nine carries for eight yards and the bombers won that game. So you go yeah, some some days it's just not some days it's just not there for for a bunch of reasons, right?
5: Yeah, and I guess my only concern is the phrase executions come up, and and sometimes I wonder if that's just code for well, our guys just just aren't good enough anymore. And <laughs> no, it, I totally, will buy it if you're saying no, your offensive line is more than adequate, and if you feel that way, boy, who am I to argue? But I guess a lot of us are getting concerned. There's some evidence that maybe they aren't, and. I don't know if you have a comment. Best on that in the
1: league. If, I don't How know about that.
5: Okay.
0: They're the best are, in the league. You know, who am I to argue? Well, Ron, your opinion's valid. Don't don't kid yourself. Your opinion's absolutely valid. If you if you're watching this team, it's it's valid. We appreciate you being with us absolutely here on the, the coaches show. Uh let's uh, squeeze in uh one from the text line. Uh question about linebackers. Malik Clements got nicked in that game? Or I don't I I I'm questioned 'cause I am because i do not know the answer to that.
1: Uh yeah, he had to leave the game for a bit. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then the question goes on to say, will Wilson be good to go, Kyrie Wilson be good to go on Thursday?
1: We'll see. You oh, have for- <laughs> to
0: come watch practice tomorrow. Oh, it's closed. Okay. <laughs> see, now if you would just open it up to the voice of the Bombers, <laughs> no. I could report back with everything. Oh, that's why it's closed. 204 70 68 Steve Allen and Glenn, I will get to you on the other side of the break, but i got to hit the commercial. Appreciate you being with us for the Coaches Show at 680 CJOB. The Pro-Line Gold Bomber Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Coaches Show brought to you by DeKalb. They're ready to be your number one canola seed. 204 780 Uh Let's take a look at some of the texts. You can call, you can text. Uh, Bill says, if we give Ottawa kudos for the big comeback, are you disappointed with the overtime where we kicked only a field goal after a sack?
1: Hey, that's the outcome. I mean, you have to take those points. You know, you lose the coin toss, you end up going first. you After that sack, you're definitely not going forward on third down. You're not risking that. So you kick the field goal, assuming you're going to hold them to three, and then go at it again. Right. So I remember another overtime game in recent history that went pretty well.
0: So <laughs> I was in the, in the booth. I was deliriously happy. Ottawa wins the coin toss, and they chose to go second. And I, I put up the stat. It's currently teams that go first in overtime in the CFL are 33 and 20. And yet teams continually choose to go second, and it drives me bonkers. That is,
1: but the stat, like honestly, that stat of 33 to 20, is, I, I don't know how that even
0: matters. What do you, you mean? mean? Because you want to know what you have to do. It does. Another day, but soccer has soccer has solved that problem that you want to go first on penalties. And it's it's shown to be in the, since in the last twenty years of the CFL, teams that go first win more. It's interesting, but uh, yeah, for uh, for another football day, You uh, can't tell me why though. I could. <laughs> There's no data to support why that is. Because well, because the result is actually the opposite of what you guys chose to go second one game last year. Zach came on and said, "I want to know what I what I what I have to do." The thing the thing would be. If you score a touchdown, they're under so much pressure to now score a touchdown that they don't have the option. They get out of sorts. They that, they flip out. I don't know if that's the you way score a No, I don't think team, that's the way it works.
1: <laughs> but I don't think people are getting out of do, sorts well, knowing you're to score you a touchdown. you explain teams
0: are overwhelmingly winning when they go first in overtime then? If, you, if you'd rather go second. I'd have to look at
1: each one of those cases and not just look at a set of data points. I'd have to actually look at those games and say, here's the reasons. Here's the truth of why the team won. You know? Not not just a set of data points to say, yeah, 33 to 20. That does, that shows me nothing. It's pretty overwhelmingly
0: in favor. Uh, <laughs> I know. They're just numbers, though. Well, yeah. it's the history of the CFL. They're not yep. just numbers. It's the history of coaches. Anyway, uh, gosh, what do we got here? You know what? Let's take a call while I dig up some texts. Uh, Alan is with us on line number three. Alan, thanks so much for your call. Your question for the head coach, Michael Shea
2: it's a beautiful night for a football game, but, uh, Mr. Miller, uh, is it Mike or Mark Miller? When is he coming back? He's very noticeably missing
0: the fullback, Mike Miller, Mike Miller, special teams guy. Yeah. He's,
1: uh, yeah, he's still getting treatment and working things out and he'll be back as soon as he possibly can.
3: Do you think we'll see him before the end of the season?
1: That's the hope. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I hope so, too, because, boy, he's
0: he's good, and I miss
1: Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. All-time, CFL history, the best.
0: Right on. That, that was my question. The GOAT. Thank Excellent. Thank you so much, Alan. Appreciate you being with us at 204 780 Steve is with us online, too. Steve, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach.
3: Yeah, Coach, I'm going to give some criticism here. There's some real hardcore criticism. I can take it. Okay, good. <laughs> Cause I hope you can handle it, because uh, my criticism first and foremost lies with the offensive coordinator not able to make ad- a adequate job when it comes to halftime adjustments. I counted in the game, Zach Kolaris got hit 11 times, which tells me that the old line was not doing a reasonably good job in blocking and the blocking scheme package has got to be changed. And that lies with the offensive coordinator. And I say again, uh, you know, like when a quarterback gets hit 11 times, you, you are disrupting his pattern and you're throwing him off his game. And this, all this lies with the offensive coordinator. What the heck, heck are you guys doing during practice? Are you guys not studying the Okay, team? all right. Here we go. Steve Listen,
1: you you can criticize me all you want, but you're not you're not taking it out on my coaches. Like they they are absolutely the best guys to work with. They have a great understanding of the game. Bucks the same coordinator he has been that's led us to uh, uh, some championships, you know. So <laughs> It's, uh, it's, we didn't, we didn't play our best. That's as simple as it is. It's one game. We didn't play our best. It, nobody's calling in and saying that when they're putting up 40, <laughs> you know, come on. It doesn't change overnight. Appreciate the call though. Just, I'm not going to sit there and listen to somebody <laughs> take it out a buck.
0: Steve, thanks for, uh, thanks for being with us. Appreciate you. Let's go to uh, line five and welcome in Matthew. Matthew, thanks for your call. Your question for the head coach.
2: Hey coach, how's it going? Tough loss the other day.
1: Yeah, not bad, Matthew.
2: Um, My question is, it's it's more of a scheme question. And uh, like, why does no one run a tight end system, offensive system in the CFL?
1: Are are you talking about having a tight end that's out in, in, uh, receiver patterns? Because we, we run a tight end a ton. It just happens to be an extra offensive lineman. We run double tight, two extra offensive linemen. We dress seven offensive linemen. We often in games we we have seven out there on the field okay. rolling. So, I, I but every, but every not, game I've seen, yeah,
2: I just I, I haven't seen like you know I watch a lot of NFL too, and like I'm used to the Gronk or Kelsey style where they line up on the line, and I I don't see a lot of that in the CFL. And I was just wondering why, if anything else, it would spread out the defensive line.
1: Yeah, and well, I a think a
2: little bit more room.
1: I, uh, just us. Uh, a simplified answer from me, being a defensive guy, would be you put a def- you put a, a tight end on the line. First of all, we don't run those tight ends as receivers; we run the offensive lineman as blockers. But if yeah. you're putting a tight end on the line, you're taking away the greatest thing that the CFL has to offer for receivers, and that's the waggle. So dressing yeah. a 250 pound, 260 pound tight end instead of a fleet-footed receiver that can still come in and block against ends that aren't built like NFL ends and taking away the waggle. Yes, you do that with other receivers in different formations, but I don't know. I just, I know that teams have tried. Nikola Kalinic has one. Other
0: teams have gone to bigger guys. They're just not as Jake productive. Burt, Hamilton drafted Jake Burt in the hopes he would They're do that. They're just not productive. Okay. You, you say take away the waggle, though. The waggle just goes to a different guy. I that's what I'm saying. It goes to
1: a different position. Okay. But you can manipulate that, moving him in and out of the line of scrimmage. We can still come in and block with a guy with a waggle. It doesn't have to be stationary yeah. where you know he's all set up and the defender knows how to line up against it. You bring a guy in, and now the defender's in conflict of how does he take on this
0: blocker, okay. right? Because Wally, I mean, Wally's a big dude.
1: Like, Wally's, Wally's, Wally's not, not two sixty, dude. but
0: Wally's a big dude. Yeah, he's two and a quarter. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a big dude for the CFL. Yeah. Matthew, appreciate your call. Thank you so much. That's that's interesting conversation about tight ends in the Canadian football uh, league. We have about a minute left. The Edmonton Elks are here on Thursday. Don't you love Thursday football? Will uh, you address it for the weekend. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't I, even know what day it is. As long as we're playing, it's good. I referred to it as both Tuesday and Sunday today, so I, I'm with you. Uh, what what can you tell us about the Edmonton Elks?
1: Um, they are obviously hungry for a win. Um, they are a physical team. They are athletic. They're a a Chris Jones football team is always very athletic. They will fly around and they will hit you. Um, yeah, they, it's not, this is no day at the beach. Let me tell you.
0: Well, that game, 730 on Thursday, the pregame show, 530. Join us live in the tailgate area at IG Field. You can meet Doug Brown, who two weeks in a row, someone has said, I look like Doug Brown. These are the best two weeks of my life, as you can uh, imagine. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, apologies to those we couldn't get to with the calls. We had so many calls in this show, but thank you for being with us and join us next Monday for more. The Coaches Show on 680 CJOB.